Welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. I am your host, Nicholas Palaki, joined in person for the first time in New York City, Mitch Bishop! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Nice, mate. Nice. Good to be here. Fantastic, fantastic. Mitch, literally, so listeners, for you, this will be airing on October 7th. It is currently October 1st, so we, we do a bit, a, a bit of a week out, but Mitch and I are going to put a few episodes together while we are both in person, and we thought this was a good opportunity to do a bit of a whiskey catch-up on some things. We're going to drink a few drams today, but also... Uh, Today, as of October 1st, uh, the episode of Cask Investment has dropped. So mm. if you've not listened to that, go back and give it a listen because it's an absolute belter of an episode. We've been getting a ton of reach out on social media and other journalists taking a look at this because it's a really great piece. Uh, we hope you like that and hope it's quite insightful. Uh, Mitch, now we're in person two days after recording where I was in Minnesota eh? and you were in Edinburgh. And now look at us. I know, mate. In Two New decades York. in New York, yeah. yeah. I can believe it. It's kind of weird doing this because normally we're like, you know, it's a computer screen. We're doing it over Zoom. Uh, so, yeah, it's good we managed to connect on this trip and actually sit down and drink some whiskey together for yeah. a change. And for the first time ever, we're doing an episode without headphones in because right. we can just sit yeah, right yeah. across from our microphones across a table. We're not going to lie, though. We are maybe a little bit hungover. Might have low, yeah. We yeah, did. We did. Might have got a bit too excited last night yeah. seeing each other we for did the first some, time. We did some. What's it called? Brand excessive brand loyalty. Excessive brand loyalty. <laughs> but that doesn't really count anymore. Well, I suppose it does for you. It does for me, man, because we yeah, were drinking yeah. for the first time ever. Actually, Mitch got to try Shabu. Yeah. So good, man. yeah, we were drinking some fifteen-year-old uh, cherry cask, which was the first one that you had that you thought was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I then gave you a little bit of which was oh. my favorite again. I keep forgetting, was it the, the single grain? No. The single grain 15-year-old you really yeah, liked, yeah. or 10-year-old white oak you really liked. So you liked the Okinawa stuff because you've never had whiskey like it, right? It's so unique. Dude, that was a good dram as well. Like the last dram that I had with you last night, we just got the big rock. That was Grain Select. That's our wheat whiskey. Yeah, yeah. So 95% wheat, 5% malted barley, matured in bourbon cask, all are also sherry, finished in Japanese mizanara oak, and it's... Mate, look at you. It's like you, it's like you own the brand. You know so that much about it. <laughs> it's almost like I know what I'm doing, right? Uh, so cool, yeah. It was so good. That we, we we had some sushi. Uh, we got the wives together. Uh, and then Mitch, Mitch and I disappeared up to the whiskey room. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a Japanese theme going on. There was a bit of a Japanese. Funny that. That yeah, yeah. tends to be the, the nature of my, my, my life right now. Do you know, I was thinking, like, I was chatting to someone about you and I when we were in the States together. And... I reckon, like, you know, for the first month when Joe hadn't come out to the US anyway, we were probably doing a bottle of whiskey easy every night when yeah. we were out. Easy. Yeah, I know. That was, that's nuts, man. You think about that now? Like, I can't no, do I, that now. Do you, no, I'd, be, I'd be dying. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I mean, five or six whiskeys, and I'm like, that's it. We, yeah, yeah. Even that sounds too much for me. I like just a dram or two at night if, if I'm out. I don't really, I don't really drink a lot of whiskey at home, which you know that as well. Like, funny enough, I drink mostly. I drink uh, hard alcohol when I'm traveling or if I'm out doing events and tastings. But if the only time I ever drink whiskey at home is when people come over that want to drink whiskey. See, that's interesting because I'll, I'll drink it by myself. Oh yeah, is that a sign? Just alone in the bathtub, crying. <laughs> 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 no, but I, you know, because because 
obviously I get more whiskey sent to me than you do yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. more popular. Shocking. Um, <laughs> so I like to sit with it and go through it, you know, which yeah. is what we're going to do today. We're going to get onto that in a second, but we're actually going to try some whiskeys live uh, on today's episode. But yeah, I was, I was also thinking about like one of the funniest times that we spent together. Like there was a load of shit that happened in the US that was hilarious. But do you remember the time when we went up to the GQ mansion? That yeah. night, yes, with Nadia and we, the stilettos, we, I remember drinking out of a, a shoe. And did we uh, not end up? Was Jeff Goldblum was playing the piano? Jeff Goldblum was there. He was playing the piano it, in the middle of the the party. But no, what happened? So to rewind a little bit and explain to everyone listening, right? So you know, we uh, Glenfiddich had, had sponsored the GQ Mansion, and we um, <laughs> we went up, and we weren't working there. We just got a ticket, and it was like the who's who of kind of Hollywood that was there. It was hilarious. So we just went straight up to the Glenfiddich bar. And oh, I remember there was a Heineken, they, were set, they had a recording studio. Yeah. Heineken sponsored that. So we went down there and we were just like playing the drums and then the, like singing stupid shit. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Adrian <laughs> Grenier from Entourage, the guy who plays Vinny Chase, yeah. his band was playing. It was a bluegrass band. No, they were playing it. Not that night. They were no. playing his own house party. No, no, no. They were playing at that night. We oh, really? missed it. All right. We missed it. Yeah. <laughs> From drinking whiskey? Yeah, yeah, Because we were drinking whiskey. So yeah. I went up to him afterwards and I was wearing, we were both kilted up and I went up to, 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 to the band and it was like the guitarist who was called Ari Gold, which is kind of funny because remember there was an Ari Gold in Entourage as well. I do, yeah. And then he invited us back to the house because they were going to do it was his own house, wasn't yeah, it? they were going to do another gig there. Yeah. So we jumped in this car with Nadia, and uh, we had a load of Glenfiddich to take to the the party, obviously. And no glasses. And no glasses. So we're like, Nadia, you know, have you not got any glasses here? And then you reach under the seat and find her brand yeah. new stilettos. There's a box of shoes. So we, we poured <laughs> our whiskey into a brand new pair of shoes and drank it from that. And actually, I think we ended up having to take them into the party. We did. Was, yeah, we walked into the party. Sipping. You had one stiletto, I had heel. the other. And we were literally, and it, it, people were coming up to us like, excuse me, are you drinking whiskey out of a stiletto? And we're like, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's the new thing here. Everyone in LA is drinking out of stilettos. So if you see people in Los Angeles drinking out of shoes, you know where the where the trend started. I need to find that Two picture, man, because there's, there's a picture of me looking like I had, you know, excessive brand loyalty, hanging out with Adrian Grenier. Sounds like, about just, right. Just do a selfie, mate. Come on, get in here. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, look at us name dropping. I'd say I was always told it was bad manners to name drop. Uh, it's it never was, stopped uh, you, though, mate. It was uh, Clint Eastwood that taught me that. <laughs> all right man let's get on with this episode i'm excited for you to be here it's great to sit literally across the table for the first time since last night we're going to share a dram together again but it's been over seven years since mitch and i've been together in the same space so we're really excited to hang out and to share this moment with you guys as well so thanks for tuning in make sure to smash that like button make sure to smash that follow button on uh instagram and specifically on whatever you are listening to this podcast right now we want you to follow us and make sure that you can hear when we drop every episode nice plug mate thanks brother you're getting well you, you, you had some PR training recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's good no I'm just a couple of whiskeys um, in well yeah I mean we're gonna so what we're gonna do is we, we thought we'd get into the news because there's a lot going on this is silly season right now you know um, as we record this this is when all the companies are ramping up bringing out all their expressions going into the, the colder period obviously um, so it's it's kind of like buses you know you, there's nothing going on and then suddenly there's yeah. a shit ton of, of stuff going through so we're gonna get into that um, and one of the bits of news that I wanted to pick up first off is the opening of the Port of Leith. And this is very appropriate for me because 
uh, a good friend the, of the, the show. Distillery. We should make make a point. It's a distillery, not distillery, just, not yeah, just yeah. the port of Leith. In there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the port of Leith is Welcome. opening back up again. <laughs> QET is coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the port of Leith distillery, and you know Ian Sterling. We've had on the show before. A uh, good friend of the show. We're going to get him back on. He's a little bit busy opening his distillery right now, but uh, they they did their big opening on Tuesday, and on Saturday. Ian took myself and a group that I had from over in, in the Netherlands round the distillery for a sneak peek, mate, which was really cool to see. Yep. Um, so this is Scotland's, I think it might be the world's first ever uh, vertical whiskey distillery, which is stunning to see. So when you go in, uh, you basically take the elevator all the way up to the ninth floor. So he took us right up to the top first. Yep. And they've got this stunning bar. And the views are amazing because you, it's 360. So one side you're looking over over Edinburgh uh, and you're looking over the, the Royal Yacht Britannia sitting right there. Yep. Uh, then obviously the other side you're looking over East Lothian. And then the other side of it you're looking over to Fife. That's uh, and just insane views. And then obviously one of the other sides you're looking over Leith and the whole docks and everything there as well. Cracking. Um, and the bar they've put in is... Obviously not just Port of Leith whiskey because they don't have any right now. Yep. But it's a full-on whiskey bar. So I think they must have about 350, 400 whiskeys behind that bar. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're going to do a food offering. Uh, you so know, the, the same amount that you get sent in samples every week, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm super excited to go back there and just sit at that bar, man, and just watch the world go by and drink a couple of really nice whiskeys you know and as you go down it's really cool because you, you have this whole experience of going down and and seeing the whole production process on the bottom floor is obviously where the stills are uh so it's it's great to see that and you know well done to ian for opening up i, I know that's been a a big dream of his for him and paddy i think it was 10 years that they they started distilling in their back garden wow uh, started making whiskey and they always Old wanted school, to man. make a whiskey yeah, yeah. that's it uh, illicit distilling i love <laughs> it i love it good for but, them but yeah we're gonna get ian on um just to talk about like the opening and hopefully we'll, we'll get him on once they've started making some whiskey as well cool. you know to to find out how that all went when the first bit of new expert ran through the stills and stuff so very cool yeah. Well, on other news, talking about new releases, our friend Casper McRae, who's heading up Glenmorangie, will be delighted because obviously Bill Lumsden is prolific in creating new and fun things at this time of year. And they have just released their second A Tale of Whiskey. I think the first one was A Tale of Cake. Mm. Um, oh, maybe they've done A Tale of Forest. Was that, or is that just called The Forest Bottle? I think, yeah, I can't remember if that was A Tale of as well, but yeah, definitely Tale of Cake. So definitely A Tale of Cake, which is a bottle sitting right here behind me at the moment. Great. Great whiskey, uh, but they've just put out a new whiskey uh, called A Tale of Tokyo. Shocking, right? A whiskey company in Scotland using Japanese Mizunara oak barrels. Uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent, but obviously with, with Bill Lumsden, I'm expecting nothing but exceptional quality. Like, first of all, I, I don't think I've ever had a whiskey from Glenmo that I didn't love. Like, I, I genuinely don't think I've had, ever had a whiskey from them that I've not, not just not liked, but absolutely loved. Going, this is fantastic. Like, I, I love what they produce as a, as a distillery. Uh, this is obviously, you know, uh, Japanese Mizunara oak, as as you know, is very rare and very difficult to work with. Uh, they have worked with um, uh, kind of a, a different Japanese artist, Akira Yamaguchi, uh, has designed the artwork for all the packaging. So it features Tokyo's multifaceted nature and the whiskey's flavours are really kind of inspired uh, by this kind of tale of Tokyo using the Mizanara oak. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought you were going to do your tasting notes there in the style of Bill Lumsden. Well... 
here's the thing, uh, Mitch. It's it's a delicious whiskey. It's got notes of pepper. You know, there's bitter cherries. Coconut blends with orange zest. I can't do it as well. It's, it's, I can't do it as well, can I? It's it's well. I mean, we need Brendan on. Brendan, when Brendan did it, he went, "Oh, it's a little bit camp," but it's that, that camp. was even that was like turbocharged on that. Note. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. We do want Bill Lumsden on the show. We yeah, he's not coming on now after that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, if he's listening to this in his car drive up to the distillery, he'll just be like, "That Palaki's a fucking arsehole." <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> but we need to get. Do you know what would be cool? Getting Bill and Casper on at the same time. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Uh, so that's a seventy-six pound bottle. So ninety-two dollars or ninety-three bucks when it comes out to the US market. I shall be picking up a bottle of it um, just to give it a. a it would be great to see because obviously, like the the house style of Glenmore is kind of more sweet vanillins, mm. toffee notes that they get from their from their uh, American oak bourbon barrels. Uh, and things like you know almond, marzipan, and mandarin. I think you know having that kind of uh, uh, the mizanara oak driving that kind of incense, coconut, uh, kind of uh, sandalwood note as well that you get there. It'll be interesting to see how those flavour profiles balance off each other. So yeah, looking forward to it. I, I think to your point earlier, it's it's so interesting how we're seeing a lot of Scotch whisky companies now kind of tipping their hat or maybe jumping on the bandwagon a little bit when it comes to Japanese uh, this Japanese kind of thing that's hot at the moment hey look here's what I'd say you know it's flattering like it's, and it's great because these two these two these two countries are intrinsically linked in their whiskey making profiles yeah, anyway yeah. right yeah. but I think that if you're going to make a Japanese uh, inspired whiskey Know, know your market. Right? If you're going to just decorate things with cherry blossoms, make sure the barrels you're using uh, come from places that actually have cherry blossom trees growing in them, uh, which we've seen a few faux pas across the board. We won't name any names, but we have seen a few things that have made me go, looks like people are just using Japanese for the for the, for the the value that, that, that Japan and Japanese whiskies tend to have right now. It's almost like you should open or start up your own company with Japanese whiskey, mate. Have you thought about that? Should be good. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, on to other news. Um, again, uh, close. I'm, I'm going to go back to Edinburgh here because Edinburgh is Fuck going hell, nuts mate, right you now. just left there. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I'm out. Um, no, uh, Holyrood has just brought out The Arrival, which is their first ever single malt to be released, which is kind of exciting to see. I mean, you look at Holyrood, and, and I've got the notes in front of me as to when they actually opened up, but it's been a while. I mean... I reckon, well, maybe, I don't know, we need to look that up. Maybe it is just three years, but, um, yeah, they can't be far off. But anyway, the arrival's just come out. Uh, pretty reasonably priced, £67 a bottle and 46.1%. No age statement on it. Uh, been matured in Oloroso butts, Pedro Jimenez casks, along with some hogsheads, bourbon barrels and rumbereeks. So this is limited to 8,188 bottles, and that's it. So cool to see the Hollywood distillery bringing a single malt out. Um, we're looking up right now, and it was 2019 when it came out. So yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're legal, obviously, because they're bringing out whiskey, so it's just over uh, three years now. But yeah, I mean, great spot. I, I, I'd like to go and check, check out the Hollywood Distillery again, because we had, we interviewed Mark and Nick way back in the show. They've both left the distillery now. So I don't know uh, who's kind of running it all, and I, I need to reconnect with those guys. I'm getting a sample set, Nicholas, but uh, unfortunately it didn't arrive in time for bringing it over here, so we can't talk about it. But 
we will mention it in another another episode when I get my lips around it. Very cool. <laughs> we'll we'll be calling that. that episode when you get your lips around it. <laughs> <laughs> On to other speaking about speaking about old whiskies, uh, from or from new whiskies to old whiskies, not just old whiskies, but the oldest bottle of whiskey has been found at Blair Castle. This is a cool story. This is a cool story. So uh, basically hidden behind the cellar door. Uh, I mean, people dream about finding shit like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, this is this is the stuff of, of legend. Uh, so at Blair Castle in Perthshire, hidden behind a cellar door, 24 bottles of what's been called the world's oldest Scotch whiskey have been uncovered and they're about to hit the auction block. So this is really, really cool. They think it's been, it was distilled back in 1833 and bottled in 1841, uh, making it really, I mean, it's a genuine relic from the past. Really, really, really cool. So they're going to dive into this liquid. They think it basically, it uh, it said that a young Queen Victoria herself may have savoured this whiskey from her visit to Blair Castle with Prince Albert in 1844. And uh, you, you've got a Prince Albert, don't you, Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but it's pretty cool. Like, I just think that this is, you know, that behind it they unearthed 40 bottles of this rare gem. Um, and yeah, they think it was rebottled in 1932. So and what's what, going on? What, what a great place to find it because you know uh, Blair Castle, Keepers of the Quake tie in there. A hundred percent. You know where we went to get keepered. Yep. Um, that amazing night. So really like nice tie into whiskey with regards to that. Hundred percent. Well, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, I love it when things like this happen. Like I think it's it's really cool because that that really is you know it's like a a Polaroid photograph of whiskey history. And it'll be really interesting to see what it what it won, what it goes for. I think they're expecting it to go about ten thousand uh, dollars per bottle. Um, so obviously, not a lot of people are going to be able to go out and buy that or or then share it. I wouldn't imagine, but hopefully, one or two of them will find their way to a couple of whiskey bars hmm. um, in Scotland, and that uh, people can go in and buy a reasonable dram. That'd be cool, right? Who who would sell that though? I mean, How I don't know. I think if you could, well, if you if you. I mean, if it was a one ounce pour, hmm. or say it was a half ounce pour, you get 50 measures. So if they wanted just to sell it at cost. What great bit of PR for a bar, though. I mean, I suppose there are bars like that. That, that, that happens. Have, they have more expensive bottles yeah. than that. You know? so, they, so they have it here. It's called break-even bottles. So there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a bar. Yeah, I swear to God, I was just in a bar in Arizona. And it wasn't like you wouldn't have gone... This is like a really high-end whiskey bar. It was like a burger joint almost, like doing huh. burgers and grilled chicken sandwiches and wings. And they had one of the best bourbon and, and scotch whiskey collections I've ever seen. And they, they bought actually a bottle of Shibui 23-year-old. And I was like, really? Like, I was, like delighted, but quite kind of shocked. And I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll make this a break-even bottle. Wow. So they just took the bottle cost divided it by the amount of drams that they were going to pour and like if we break even on it that's fine people can come and try it and it lets people get excited about a new whiskey and I thought that's a really like cool that. thing to do yeah, yeah. Have I have seen that bottle. before that, it tends to happen a lot in, in Scotland actually the big whiskey bars will do a break even ball um, what's the most amount of money you've ever dropped on a dram of whiskey in a bar on a dram of whiskey yeah I don't want to tell you. I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's like two pounds fifty. No, because it's so high. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll say it together on the count of three and see which one's higher, right? All right. What am I saying? What the total bill was? Just one dram. Just one dram. One dram. Right. One, two, three. Seven hundred. Five grand. Yeah. What? Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Let's rephrase it. 
Not my money. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was waiting for that. Of course, the man's never bought a fucking whiskey in his life. Comes up here with all these cask samples and all the things that get sent to his house. There you go. Come on. Five grand. What was it? Uh, Glenfiddich, 50-year-old. There you go. We went to Hawaii and um, I'd agreed with the distributor that I was going to open the bottle. And he said he was going to speak to the restaurant and get a price. He forgot to do that. They're actually selling it for seven grand for a two ounce pour. Wow. And they did, they, they did me a deal for five grand. That's so, wild. Yeah, yeah. I'd phone what, my boss going like, hey, uh, you know. What's the most of your own money you've ever spent in a bottle? On a bottle? Uh-huh. Um, uh, probably, not that much actually. I haven't ever bought like a crazy expensive bottle the like you've got king here king of grift strikes again <laughs> I've, I've seen your back bar there's some expensive bottles on that so <laughs> no um, no not like not probably 600 maybe oh, there you go that's still yeah. a lot of money yeah what about you nine and a half grand oh fucking hell <laughs> is that here it's here yeah which one the 1968 Glenrothes extraordinary cask was mm-hmm. nine and a half wow I know and see, to be fair, right next to it is the Dalmore Ashram 40, and that's not far off. We're going to crack that later on tonight, that, right? That, that, I think that's... That's getting spanked well, tonight. These, these are good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll be, we'll be, that's when you're like six or seven Shibuis, and you're like, oh, just, just, just open them. It's for drinking. <laughs> Mate, you need to put them up in the, the attic or something. That's dangerous. I mean, I could reach that. I'm pretty small, but I could definitely reach... I'm going to give it a try later on tonight. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, oh man. So, right, are we going to drink a whiskey here or will we get through the rest of the news and then crack on? Well, I want to talk a little bit first before we crack um, this whiskey that we have. Yeah. Um, I want to talk another new whiskey distillery in Scotland that's just launched, uh, which is Harris. Yep. So the Harris distillery just... And by the way, fucking bravo. Fucking bottle. I hear nothing. The bottle is one killer. The packaging is beautiful. I've already had people texting me from Scotland saying this shit's outstanding and I think it's sold out already. Yeah, unfortunately, this was another one that I was meant to bring over and it didn't arrive in time. Because, yeah. yeah. Oh, it didn't arrive. And then I'll see the photographs of the two bottles. (laughs) (laughs) But Callum has sent me a bottle, so thank you, Callum. Uh, Again, I'll I'll, I'll give that a taste and we'll chat about it. But great to see this this actually launching um, for the first time because they've been open eight years dude I was there in 2021 we did a tour great distillery they're killing it with their Harris Gin as well um, you know these guys now employ 48 full time staff so you think about a little island like Harris that's that's a big deal you know? yeah it really is uh, when, when we talk about you know and, and, and I chatted about it with Rassi as well with, with Alistair Day him employing 20 people over in Rassi these small islands to have this going on is is massive. So anyway, their new whiskey is called uh, Hirak, I think it's pronounced, and that's a local in Harris. That's what what they're called. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. Uh, it's available now. However, I looked online before we started recording, and everything online uh, with regards to the, the their own website is completely sold out. They released eight different batches. Uh, so different, uh, I, I don't know if it was different finishes with the batches or if it was that, that was just the batches, but I'll look into that more when I when I try it later on. But £65 a bottle, mate. And the bottle is stunning. It's, um, it's really nice. When we tried the new make, because they didn't have any whiskey when we went, went round the, the distillery, but the new make was banging. Yeah. Really good juice. So I'm excited to see that come out. Yeah. It's great to see these these 
you know, new craft distilleries starting to release now, you know, yeah. and seeing that happening. And but craft, but like with real um, quality behind it as well. Like their gin is exceptional. Um, their packaging's baller. Like, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. but but that does not make a great whiskey, obviously, right? But it, you know, I can't wait to taste it. My expectations are high, and from what I've heard, they they will be met if not exceeded so I'm really excited for them so congratulations to the guys at Harris Gin absolutely and Harris Distillery sorry uh, I can't wait to try your whiskies. yeah well now I think we should start drinking some whiskey because um, one last thing one last piece of news oh, no 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 we're going to come back to that oh fine 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 that's going to okay. be the end one alright okay cool because that's we're celebrating with a dram alright okay yeah, let's yeah, pull them up then celebration Mikkel so, Tor man Mikkel Tor uh I was looking after some clients and I got an email from well actually a couple of weeks back, I got an email from Glen, the guys at Glen Elkie saying, do you want to come up to the distillery? We're doing a new launch. They didn't tell me anything, what was going on, up, obviously. But um, unfortunately, I was busy, so I couldn't go along to the, the launch of this. But they gave us a nice little press pack with all four of the, the, the whiskies here. So just to kind of explain what Miko Tour is... Um, as some of you may have may remember, if you if you're uh, a long time listener to the podcast, I interviewed Billy Walker uh, quite a few episodes back, which was probably one of the best interviews Listen I think it. we ever did. It's, uh, hands down, I wasn't there for it, so maybe that's, that's why you're why saying it. Was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there for that interview, but hands down, one, he's an absolute like Billy Walker for knighthood. By the way, like Sir oh, yeah, Billy yeah. Walker, whenever you're ready. Right, yeah, let's yeah. get this man in front of the king and get him knighted because this man deserves it. What he's done for the Scotch whiskey industry is magnificent. You know, his history of bringing back uh, Glendronach, Benrich, Glenglasso yeah, yeah. from mothballed to fucking hero status uh, and then going up and then taking the same reins with Glenalhe and now creating uh, Michael Tor in that brand home, which is now their peated... Uh, whiskies and yeah. using very specifically you were telling me well but this is the other big thing nicholas right so you think about everything that billy's brought out with glenallachy was not to do with him directly yeah. yes he recast it all yeah but he didn't actually make the spirit because he didn't spirit, but released the blend this is his, his spirit his baby, yeah. right so this is only five years old um and and they put that on the label so four different expressions that have been released, and we're gonna we're gonna go through them all really quickly, right? Or, sure, why not? We'll, we'll Start with the original. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I poured myself a, a little bit of this already. Oh, it didn't help pour one for me. Thanks. No, mate. I didn't. Well, you know, <laughs> you've got arms. Let me get this. <laughs> so yeah, the original. Uh, this is punchy, mate. This is like fifty percent ABV. Yep. Um, as you as you you said as well, you know, I, I think the great thing that I love about this is Billy's talking about terroir of peat and how this is using Highland peat, which we've talked about on the show before. Uh, we did a whole episode on peat and different types of peat. So when you're using Highland peat, the, the real difference is that peat is going to get influenced from th- these more woody characteristics, right? Yeah. You look at an Isla single malt Scotch whiskey, it's going to be completely influenced by this more maritime note because you're going to get seaweed within the peat. You're going to get this maritime note coming through from the, the island being there. Um, so... What this does, it takes out a lot of that maritime note within all of these that I've kind of briefly Dude, noticed. This is fucking killer. It's good, right? It's like a hug from the Highlands. So this is all this is all American wood? So this is yeah, so this is um all first fill bourbon barrels. Uh it's American virgin oak. First fill bourbon barrels, American virgin oak, and some rye barrels in here as mm. well. 
for that spiciness. It's this is thirty five parts per million. It's natural color, non chill filtered, fifty percent ABV as you were saying. It's brilliant. The nose on this is exceptional. I think the interesting thing they've done here as well is they when you said thirty five parts per million. That's in the in the bottle. That's in the spirit, yeah. That's not the the parts per million of the the actual barley, which a lot of people talk about, right? I mean, traditionally yep. we always talk about the barley being the parts per million there. Yep. They're not doing that here, which is which is kind of refreshing to yeah, see because I think it should be right. like that. Yeah, what's in the yeah what you're actually getting. Yeah, yeah. But this, I mean, that's high. That's so thirty five parts per million. That's up like at Ardbeg level, right? Yeah, yeah. So on the on the palate, let's give it a sip. I didn't add any water, even though that's fifty percent ABV. Um, that's totally fine for me without that's any water. Fine. I think it'd be interesting. That's absolutely fantastic. There's like a nice smoke to it. It's like a clean smoke, you know? Yeah, it's... It's... This is my kind of peated dram. Yeah. I have to say, this is really well made. The quality, even at that young age, that five-year-old, it just it's just got an elegance to it. It's really pretty. Um, it's got a... Really nice mouthfeel. Yep. Oh man, look! It's got, almost got like this almond marzipan note. The smoke comes up in the back end, but this mm. is this is real fun. Nice sweetness to it as well. Yep, well played. Mm. B W strikes again. So that's the original. That is the original. We've got a few to get through, so let's do a batter on the next one. I'm going to. One of the things we never said we would do in the show was sit through like a load of whiskies yeah. and, and taste them, but yeah. you know this. I is... can smell children skipping in a meadow of daffodils. <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone once the said to me... The barley was grown by left-handed people and harvested someone, on a Tuesday. Do, do you ever get people saying to you like really stupid taste notes? I mean, I, you know, everyone noses and tastes differently, right? And that's fine. But I remember someone saying to me once, oh, I don't really like smoky whiskies because it's like eating a, eating a Band-Aid, eating a plaster. Yeah. I was like, well, when, when have you done that? Why would you do that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. I know. There's, what's the, um, I say, the, the, the Whiskey Association bar in Edinburgh? Oh uh, yeah, Scotch Malt Whiskey uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. At the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. There is a whiskey on the in their menu, and the tasting note is it smells like a used condom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Right. So what have we anyway, bought here, mate? The sherry. Sorry, one. yeah. Sorry for doing that in the middle of Billy Walker's tasting because this, sorry, this stuff is nothing. Yeah. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> um, this is killer. This is the sherry this one. This is the sherry one. Guess what it's matured in, Mitch? Uh, <laughs> tequila casks. It is. 100% ex-tequila. No, this is American Oak ex-bourbon barrels, followed by Pedro Jimenez and Oloroso sherry punchins. See, this is my least favourite combination, smoke and sherry. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I'm not, I haven't nosed this yet. So it I'm dials not saying, it down. Yeah, so yeah. the sweetness, like it's like I always, like uh, Jerry Tosh and I were always talking about this when we were up at uh, Highland Park. You know, the, if you if you use an American oak bourbon barrels, the smoke will pop through a little bit more. The minute you add sherry, the sweetness of the sherry barrels and that spice and oak will start to dial the smoke down. Yeah. Um, I like this. This has got another killer nose on it. Still mm-hmm. 35 parts per million. This is a little bit lower. It's 48% ABV. Um, notes of cigar box, figs, coffee and treacle. It's, that is a really well put together dram. It's not my cup of tea. Because and you know why? It's that, that it's that tannic, that big that. sherry bomb thing that just doesn't agree with my palate. I, I love this. I think it's killer. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I really like it. Actually the cigar box note on this, because it's not it smells that kind of like 
this uh, almost like cedar and um, when you open a brand new box of cigars, like the 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 wrappers, whatever the the final wrapper's been on the on the cigar itself. This is really good. So forty eight percent ABV on that one. Mm-hmm. So everything's all natural color and non chill filtered on this as well, which is nice to see. So the next one, I think this what might be more my cup of tea. So this is the Chinkapin one, oh, as it's called. Minute. Where's it going? Uh, where is it, mate? Oh here. Right um, oh, yeah, yeah so Chinkapin one we've got again five years old as everything is 35 parts per million uh, American oak and bourbon barrels followed by a Chinkapin virgin oak finish which you know, Chinkapin did you Spanish for five Chink- pins Chinkapin's hot right now <laughs> <laughs> five pins <laughs> <laughs> oh now it's that see even in person the jokes are bad Wait, is that, is that my one? Do you call me one? See, in person my jokes are good. It's on Zoom that my jokes aren't aren't funny. They, just, they don't come through. Because I'm properly, well, right? I'm I'm not remotely funny. Did you pour me? Is that my one? <laughs> <laughs> You're not remotely. F- oh fucking hell! That took that took a <laughs> while. Yeah, 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 yeah. four whiskeys in of cast strength juice. Well, so. yeah, we're just topping up from last night. Correct. Is that my one? Uh, no, I just you just poured yourself. Yeah, are oh, you t- getting revenge? T- are yeah, you? No. Okay, I see, I see I how this is rolling. What is it? There you go. What do you think of this one? The nose on this is exceptional. They're all really good. The smoke style down on this, I think, for me. Do you know what I love about this is that, that um, they've put five years on an age statement here. I mean, which you I know, love. You yeah, because it's five years old. When was the last time you saw a five-year-old age mm. statement on a whiskey? I want to say it was Ardbeg. It was is. Last one that yeah, one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh, I like that. I like it too. This Whoa. is this is this is maybe my favourite so far. Yeah. 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 What are we talking price point in this? Uh, don't know. I've not seen it. Yeah, I haven't got the information here. I can try and Google it up. It's almost like we have a computer. If only there was a device in front of us only that could we tell had us a information. Right in front of us. That'd be so um, handy. Exactly. So, notes on this. Let's have a look here. I, I want this with a little bit of water. We haven't got any. Why have we not got any water? It's like amateur hour. <laughs> uh, 48%. We've got. It's a little, so tasting notes here burnt licorice honey ginger butterscotch orange peel 49 quid all of them For, uh, I'm just looking up so the the 49 pounds but look, I'm just looking up like you can find them anywhere alternatively they're anywhere from about 41 to 45 mm. give or take um, I just found it on a, a little website the fun folks at um Masters of Malt have it there for forty nine ninety nine. Same as as Whiskey Exchange, it's on there for forty forty nine um, ninety five. That smoke really. Old. I just found some water, so we're not that. that oh yeah, I, yeah. I brought you water, um, like nice water as well, filtered and yeah, reverse I'm osmosis, sp- motherfucker. <laughs> Spoil, spoiling me here <laughs> with your smelly. reverse osmosis. Exactly, reverse osmosis. It's by dinner first, only. Um, yeah. Now nah, a little bit of water. That's really opening up the the smoke. Big time. It was because it was kind of close. It, it is forty-eight. I like it though, like that. Like I find it. It's. I think it's pretty nice. I'm going to put some water in it as well. But mm. We'll see. But uh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm digging this so far. I'm. This is the the, the final one that we're going to try out of the four. Uh, is going to be the turbo. So I'm interested in checking this one out. Again, five years old. This is fifty percent ABV, and this is 71 parts per million, Nicholas. <laughs> so get some of that poured for us. So this talks about taking the heart of our distillate, uh, the spirit cup, which contains the highest phenol content. The turbo entails 
an amplified smoky identity. I think the other thing to Fuck mention me. with this, right, is uh, <laughs> this is diff- very me. different from normal Craig Ellicke because what Billy Walker did when he took over the distillery was l- uh, l- lengthen the fermentation time. Yep. So he took it to 160 hours. So this is going to be very different from the normal Glen Ellicke that's out there with regards to the, the new mix spirit that's gone in, right? Yeah, this is killer. Cool. Let's have a, a taste. Mm. Wow. That is... This is like end of the night one, right? That is end of the night. It's not It's not campfire. It's just It's just a great smoke on it. It's almost... Um, you know, like, one of the things I'm noticing is there seems to be a running theme of like a, a nice sweetness to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's like, through all of them. It's It's got a chocolate... Like it's like yeah. you get the smoke and then it's like a almost like a dark yeah, yeah, yeah. chocolate like thing sitting in all of it. I think they're brilliant. What's uh what's this what's the turbo aged in again? Let's have a look here. Fucking Billy Walker for first minister, man. What are we doing here? <laughs> Why is this guy not running the show for everything? So if you can make whiskey this good, what else can you do, Billy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maturation on this one, uh American X bourbon cat uh, ca- barrel, sorry, followed by Pedro Jimenez and Oloroso Sherry Punchins. Yeah, but yeah, great work, a great work, Billy, and well, well thank played. you, the guys at Glenalkey, for sending them through to us. Yeah, that's that's the first official tasting that we've done on the show, Matt. It is the first official tasting, and we've managed to do it in person together. So, e- was- even better to mark this beautiful moment of you and I, yeah, seven yeah. years, seven years in the desert. Finally finding our way back together. Right. Yeah. You never write, you never come. You've not seen the kids in weeks. I'm claiming alimony. <laughs> so I this is this is what a great way to do it. By the way, these whiskies are killer. I'm really impressed with them. Can't wait for them to get I don't know if they're available in the US market. If not, I will can't wait for them to get out here. The Craig Alley is here and I need to go out and pick up some bottles of that as well, mm. to be fair, and add to the collection here behind me because those, I have tried the 15. When I was in a whiskey bar a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a, a drama of the 15-year-old. Have you tried that? Mm. It is. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that might be one of the best whiskeys I've had from Scotland in the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, John, <laughs> luckily for me, it's the closest visitor centre to my house. So five minutes up the road, I'm into the shop and they've got some great distillery exclusives as well. Look at you, man. Segwaying the fuck into our last piece. Yeah, I did like that. I don't know if that was deliberate or not. But speaking of visitor centres, the the news is out from the SWA that Scotch Whiskey Visitor Centres are back and back in a great way. So footfall is more than doubled compared to 2021. So we've got 114% compared to, to 2021, 2.1 million people visited Scotch whisky centres in 2019. That was a record high, and we're right back there with 2 million people now, so almost back to pre-pandemic days. Uh, this is great news. It, it almost meant if one of us actually had a company that used to take people to see Scotch whisky distillies, that would be a great business for one of us to get into. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Should maybe open one of them, eh? Copper Cairn. What? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So, Copper Cairn, this is your business, man. This is what yeah. you do. Like, oh, dude, I'm so happy to see this because, you know, it was obviously with COVID hitting, uh, visitor centres just plummeted yep. for obvious reasons. Correct. Um, and I didn't think that it would get to this level so quickly. I mean, they're saying, like, this is just, you know, not far off what it was pre 
yeah. pandemic levels, right? I mean, oh, was and, it two million visitors? Yeah. And the spend per head as well. You see that? Yeah, spend per head's up like crazy. So the report is that they're looking at. So they're saying spend per visit cent has increased by 8.65%. So £85 million pounds or $104 million was spent in sites across Scotland's five whiskey regions, which is up 90% since 2010. That's insane. But here's what I love about this. 50% of the visitors are from the UK. So this is yeah, yeah. this is us celebrating what I mean like there are obviously you know for people who live in France or people who live in Italy they, they'll take you to cognac regions and, and, and wine regions and it becomes it's almost inherently intrinsically part of the culture of that country that people go and visit those things on the weekends 50% of our visitors are homegrown and I love yeah. that uh, the rest of the demographic coming obviously from USA Germany Netherlands and France other parts of Europe as well be making up some other parts there but those are the bigger players uh, and, and you know yourself, Mitch, you're hosting people every week, right? You're you're yeah, the yeah. busiest man I've ever met in Scotland right now. Like <laughs> every t- every day I speak to you, it's a it's a miracle that we put this podcast together because you are you're calling in from all over Scotland. You're calling yeah. me in from distilleries. You're taking breaks from groups that are coming in from all over the world, and you 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 really are a a, a champion and a custodian of getting people to see these distilleries well, with Copper Cairn. But so, you, but you know what? I'd also like to shout out. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. But I'd like to shout out to all the people that work at distilleries. I, I know it's it's a tough job, and I know a lot of them now. With obviously doing copper care and, and visiting all these yep. these distilleries a lot of time, and it's you know they they do such an amazing job of hosting people, hosting so many different nationalities, yep. really kind of going out their way as well to make it special. Um, you know, and, and not just the tour guides, but the people that are more like behind the scenes. So you've got the likes of you know Colin Hart from Glen Turret. Yep. Michelin star now. Yeah, uh, two, two Michelin stars that they've got. Unbelievable. Yep. First distillery to get it in Scotland. Yep. Uh, you got Tom John, Jolly up in McAllen, like putting together a, an amazing experience up there. You know, the, all the guys that I work with at, at Glenalkey, which you've just talked about. You know, yep. that, that that visitor center is unbelievable. The guys up at, at Glenfiddich and Balvenie doing it, doing it every day. So, you know, all these people, I, I've kind of just touched on Spaceside there and obviously... The guys in Isla are always amazing, and everywhere yep. else in Scotland. But yeah, it's 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 a tough gig, man. And it's it's not surprising to me to see that the spend has gone up ninety percent in over ten years because you look at the offering that these guys give now. Yeah, it's so much more. You think about like twenty ten. What were they doing? Like little tea towels, maybe, and you know, a little bit. It was it was a, it was a bit tart and yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and welcome to the distillery. <laughs> and and now it's not like it's it's a this is a well oiled machine. Yeah, and it's a. It's not doesn't mean that everything's luxury. That's I don't think that's the, that's the. I think it's just more authentically Scottish, like Scotland now, mm. which is this, you know, diverse group of people, you know, multicultural, celebrating something and and bringing people in from all over the world to to join in and, and feel inclusive. And that's what I love about it. Like yeah. it's the the experiences are amazing. The distillery tours are fantastic. The the value that these tour guides give is is, is um, exceptional. So yeah, I'm with you. Congratulations to every single one of these distilleries, you know, from 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 Deanston to to Glenglasso and everything in between. So it's super cool. It's really. a bit too weird distillery. Not well, weird distilleries, but well, that's it. Well, like... you gave a shout out to all the big ones. I was trying to think of some smaller ones that might appreciate a little bit of love. You, you could have done Bladnock to Highland Park. Is that the most northerly? That's right. There is one more northern, isn't there? Well, there's going to be Shetland Distillery yeah. coming online soon. Uh, so, that'll be the most northerly. Yeah, that will but... be the most northerly. Yeah. Uh, there you go yeah. anyway what are we uh, going to do now mate 
Um, drink more whiskey we're going to drink more whiskey we're going to sign off on this episode thanks to everyone for tuning in as mm. always it's a blast to cover the news with you we will be back next week with another guest and we're super excited for you to join us so again follow us tap that like button tap that follow button follow us on Instagram make sure you, you're you're following us on wherever you're hearing this podcast we appreciate every last one of you thanks very much Slanchiva. cheers bro cheers bye bum, bum, bum.